Welcome to the Sports and Torts Podcast, your go-to podcast for entertaining conversations on sports, law, and business. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, here is your host, Joshua Stein. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show, and thank you for listening, whether you're in your car, on a run, listening on your headphones, or maybe even on a plane. We appreciate it very much so. It is Super Bowl week. Actually, can I can I say Super Bowl anymore? Do you have to say it's it's the big game? The but big game. It's the big game week. But in any event, uh, this Sunday is the Philadelphia Eagles versus Kansas City Chiefs. And joining us today is the biggest Eagles fan that I know. He is the gentleman of all gentlemen. He is the dude of all dudes. And other than his questionable choice of sports teams that he roots for, he is one of the most genuine guys I know and a very good friend of mine. Mike Fonts is in the house. Welcome, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here. Happy to have you here. I appreciate the green jacket that you're wearing. <laughs> uh, you know, not the Masters green jacket, the Philadelphia Eagles green jacket. You're ready to roll, right? Well, you said it's Super Bowl week, and uh, what better way to rep my city and rep my team by uh, wearing that green? I know you're excited. I'm excited for the game, too. Uh, before we get going, I want to also thank you for being the guinea pig for some new equipment that I'm trying out today. Sure. Um, got a new setup of microphones. Um, this company called Shure, S-H-U-R-E, I got turned on to some new XR cables. Um, haven't been totally happy with the production quality the last couple of times. I think my cables might have been dying a little bit. So Wires were, were crossed. Yeah, wires were crossed. T's weren't dotted or <laughs> I's weren't dotted, whatever it is. But anyway, we're going to try this today. Uh, and you won't be mad at me if this doesn't sound right and doesn't work. So, Not at all. So we're good to go. All right, man, for those of, the, 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 those of you that out there that don't know Mike, introduce yourself a little bit about you. Yeah, sure. Um, Mike Fonts. I've known Josh here since I was probably about 22 years old. Uh, I'll let you all do the math. Um, I think our first experience in life was uh, on a cruise ship with five or six of our closest friends. And uh, yeah, I got here by way of college baseball, played with several of your buddies that you uh, grew up with and uh, have remained very close friends with all of them, godfather of some of their children. And, um, you know, yeah, been here for gosh, 24 years. So more of my life has been spent here than it has been in that uh, in, in New Jersey. So it's a it's a it's a good place to be. Yeah, I'm 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 glad we all survived that first cruise trip <laughs> you know, in your early twenties. It was questionable. Uh, it was questionable, but uh, glad that we've all stayed friends. So you were born in New Jersey, Correct. moved here for baseball, right? Yeah, I um I went to a two year school uh, prior to coming uh, to Barry College up in Rome. We were forty five and seven. We were. I mean, it was the best baseball team I ever played on in junior college. Um, and you may or may not know this, but yeah, we were 45 and seven, played in the junior college world series in Millington, Tennessee, right at about the time that uh, Arrested Development song, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah Tennessee. take me to the, so that came out and you know, I'm watching the video and all of our team, teammates are you know talking about, hey, we're going to the world series, it's in Tennessee. I wonder if, and you wonder if people sit on their porch and drink lemonade or if they're just really in these neighborhoods where people just you know walk from house to house. Sure enough, got off of the plane in Memphis and you know drive through on our buses and we've got some old folks uh, you know of our, from our coaching staff and man we because <laughs> coming from coming from New Jersey Tennessee is just a dot on a map for you guys right you're like is that how the people in the South really live like yeah that, that, that's your thought that, that was my genuine thought like nobody does that that's not real life because you know it's such community based I mean it's community based here but it's so densely populated in the Northeast that you just see so many people in a, a variance right like spread through all out the the counties so it's just a little bit different to see that first thing off the bus uh, but i loved it and we you know we my best friend at the time and still my best friend and the godfather to his children um, kevin batista came down here and you may know him from standout baseball but um he came down a year earlier than i did and he said hey i really think you might like this program it's just what you need i know you've never been really coached you have a live arm i think you can be coached here and you'll do you know you'll do well and he was right. I mean, and by was, program, he means Barry College in Rome. Yes. So Kevin is who introduced you to Rome. So that's how a, a, a kid in New Jersey that gets to Tennessee for a championship World Series ends up playing in Rome. That's right. Okay. Yep. And to tie all this together, uh, Kevin Batista, you mentioned standout baseball. His partner in that, Josh Garnett, great friend of mine growing up, also on your Barry baseball team. That's right. And they were on the podcast last year talking about standout. So see, uh, all, all things come together. Yeah, it's here, all. Man. What is that? Not circular, but it, it's all connects. It's all it's, connects. It's, so 
Uh, for the dads out there that are friends of mine who have kids that are anywhere between five and 15, whatever, playing baseball, they're all in. They all care about you know, their kids' futures in baseball, which I do too, so I'm not, I'm not calling them out. What is your advice to how to properly raise these kids so they end up like you did, playing in a college baseball World Series, playing it, you know, playing in, in, in college, being successful? What's the, what's the, 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 road, the road? You know, it's, it's funny uh, to even think about because I haven't, I guess I shouldn't phrase it this way, but I have two girls, right? Four, four months and 19 months. And I'm trying to think of what does the volleyball circuit look like or what does the tennis circuit look like for them compared to what I did. And from a recreational standpoint, uh, growing up, I played beach volleyball and did a lot of other alternative kind of things to just baseball. And it's kind of the John Smoltz school of thought, right? I mean, I wasn't just dedicated to a craft. Uh, I was dedicated to being a kid and enjoying life and not committed to traveling for three quarters of my summer and not enjoying my friends. I got, I did all of that stuff now to be fine tuned and to go to a program that Josh and Kevin are a part of like stand out and you can get that extracurricular time. Maybe it's at night and you can commit one or two hours to fielding technique or throwing technique or batting technique, whatever it might be. Uh, I would say do more of that and less of the travel ball. But again, I'm not a travel ball dad. I don't have boys. And I know you, Graham, is in the thick of all this yeah, stuff. And, and do you fall behind? It, that's right. It's so hard to feel like you're falling behind. You got to keep up. You got to play on this team and play in that tournament and play this season because you're, you know, your peers are. And uh, you want to be on the teams you want to be on. And so it's difficult. But I'm with you, man. It's like football season, play football. Basketball season, play basketball. Baseball season, play baseball, be around, you know, a good, well-rounded athlete, and that's going to serve you well. Uh, and arm care is a huge thing now. I mean, like, do you remember that being a big – because you're a pitcher. So, like, do you remember that in high school being, like, a talking point? Josh, if I, if I told you the amount of coaching I got in my life, you would laugh. Like, I came to the South and could not imagine playing baseball year-round. We played, what, 22 games in high school? We didn't step foot on a baseball field until March, I think, 15th. Uh, if memory serves me correctly. Um, we did some indoor practices, but it wasn't a lifting program. It wasn't a stretching routine. It wasn't, hey, you need to do s these drills. It was you run, you do your abs, uh, and I played multiple positions. So, you know, I wasn't just getting coaching. So I was just lucky enough to have arm talent. That's all that I had. I like how you threw working your abs in there, right? <laughs> yeah. You got to make sure you keep the abs looking right. Your core. It's all your about core, the core, the core right? Yeah, now yeah, they call it core. Your core yeah. We used to call it <laughs> abs for, you know, you had your, your biceps and, you know, you know curls for the girls, girls type thing and abs. Now, now it's, yes, work on your core because it's the foundation wow. of, of everything. Um, yeah, these kids have arm coaches, like where they specifically are making sure they're doing these bands and not throwing too much. And it's, it's overwhelming to try to keep it all straight um and and i don't know i mean the, the kids are accelerating they're bigger they're faster they're throwing harder um but what comes with it comes a lot of injuries so yeah. well yeah me topping out at 91 or so whatever it was at barry wouldn't sniff what is going on today and everybody's throwing 99 miles an hour i mean it's just you know when you you look at what's going on i don't know how people keep up i mean what about like the breaking ball what, what age do you think that's the appropriate time because graham is playing 12 you Last year, some kids were starting to throw. They call it the kitty curveball. I guess they hold it differently. They don't use their elbow quite as much. But what do you think is the proper age to start throwing those kind of pitches? Again, if you asked younger me, uh, it's when I could start striking people out the fastest. And uh, you don't know long-term effects until you get older. Nobody cares when you're a kid. You just want to be successful. You want to have fun. You want to make people look foolish. And um, so uh, for me, I was throwing them at such an early age. Now, I will say once I got to college and one of the guys I played junior college with showed me a changeup and I mastered the changeup. Like, I, I mean, I didn't get drafted, but I have a friend who did, right? Mike Savins and I showed him the changeup and he graded out as a major league, you know, changeup. So if I could teach the changeup as opposed to the curveball, then, then I wouldn't even implement it until later on. That's the pitch that they're all working on now <clears throat> is the changeup. It's easier in the arm. It's, it's effective. So that, I'm glad to hear you say it. Okay. Clearly, you're a sports fan. Uh, I teased the Philadelphia sports fan. Um, you're actually a nice Philly guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. What's up with that? Because the reputation, which is well-earned, by the way, is the jackass Philadelphia fan. So how did you come out alive and be the guy that you are? From a very early age, I've always been a proponent of cheering for your team, not against the other team. I don't, 
I don't know who taught me that. I don't know if it was just an innate behavior that I you know, learned over time. Um, being humble and loss early, you know, I was one in nine my senior year, right? So I, I had to learn humility. I, I was a better pitcher than a one in nine pitcher. I had a two something ERA, but we started six freshmen. I think that has something to do with it um, because when you eat a lot of humble pie growing up, you kind of are say, okay, there's got to be some humility behind this. And look, I, <laughs> I took my dad to the Giants game. Uh, a couple this was weeks two weeks back. ago. Yeah, a yeah, couple the, the weeks the back. Playoff game. That game was over halftime, right? And my dad and I are, I'm cheering my face off for the first, you know, for the first half. And I'm watching Eagles fans mad at other Eagles fans because they were standing up in front of them. Like, legit cussing. I, I'm not kidding. Like, cussing them out. You know, F-bombs are thrown. You're worthless. They're cussing the other team out when it's already 28 nothing. And you're like, what? Well, like, what do you have to gain? They can't hear you, first of all. <laughs> like, the, these are the same fans that booed Santa Claus, right? Well, is, is it that booed Santa and threw snowballs at him with batteries in them. That was the 80s. There was a jail cell uh, in the vet, you know, to, to house some of those folks. But, yeah, they're passionate. And if you go to the city and you see the type of people and the caliber and the passion they have behind it, look, we live in the southeast. It's nice here. The sun comes out in the winter. <laughs> Go spend some time in New Jersey and see how nice all of your friends are, right? It's just one of those things. Or Philadelphia. It's it's one of those things that I, I you can't describe it. I've seen, I've been to SEC football games. I, I think they rival one another. I've been to games, by the way, and I'm not letting the Southeast uh, the SEC folks fans. off the hook. Yeah. I mean, the way that Georgia folks treated Auburn four or five years ago when I went to the games wasn't something to be desired, right? I mean, and not all, but in pockets. I think you're right. Every, every time about the SEC, all these big, you know, big football schools down here have 5% of their fans that act like jackasses. Yeah. And that's just how it's going to be. Um, Philadelphia, though, gets this reputation. It's like the whole country knows. It's dirty. It's dirty. It's, it's grimy. Yeah, it's like if how it's going to be. You get it. Yeah. Um, and so growing up in New Jersey, it was Philadelphia the closest big yeah. city with the team? So your Eagles, your Phillies, your Flyers, your 76ers, oh, yeah. those are your, your teams. All right, now moving to Atlanta or being in Georgia for 20-plus years, like, what's your thoughts on the Braves or the Falcons? Or If they're not playing my team, I cheer for them because I, again, I, I'm in text chains with a lot of, obviously, you guys and friends and clients, and I want my friends to be happy. If I'm not happy, I want someone around me to be happy so I can relic in your happiness, right? Like, I don't want to just be this miserable cuss who's like, oh, man, like, my team stinks. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> Why am I right. cheering for this team? Right. Like, like many of us, right? You for the Bulldogs for the last 40 years. Me as an Eagles fan, the first 40 years of my life. I mean, uh, the fact that I have things to, to say, Josh, if the Eagles don't win this weekend, I don't care. I was there when they won the first one. So you were in 2017. You were there. That was in what city? Minnesota. Minnesota. That's Minneapolis. Right. Yeah. That's right. Which is beautiful in, in February here. <laughs> yeah. Negative 10. I've never been more insulted in my life by weather. I didn't know you could be insulted by weather. Insulted I by was insulted. Minnesota. You got to be kidding me. So uh, you've been to more than one Super Bowl, right? I have. I okay. went to the Falcons. You're the game. Falcons one as well. Yeah. So let's talk about the positive one 2017 Eagles. Um, everybody needs one championship in their life, oh, yeah. right? Like, like we got ours with the UGA. Fortunately, maybe you've heard we're back-to-back champions. I've heard that. I've actually heard that. Yeah, and we'll, we'll discuss the bottle you brought me. But we have two. But y'all y'all won in 2017, which was five or six short years ago. So talk about that experience. Yeah. Um, again, outside of the insultingly cold weather, uh, it, there's nothing like it. Uh, growing up a fan, uh, you know, early memories, gangrene, Eagles defense, you know, really getting intimate or, or into it with my, you know, my father my biological father, who I no longer have a relationship after, you know, I was 20 years old. Um, so seeing that type of stuff, like like thinking back to the past and spending every other Sunday watching football with him and then the other Sunday spending it with my father today, Steve, my stepfather, um, you know, it's been, it, it was great to live out something that you never thought was possible. And you, you start to smell 
cheesesteaks and you start to smell all the flavors of growing up, right? And it's like, what did we do on Sundays? And you know, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Silver Linings Playbook, but the Krabby Snacks, and I, we didn't have Krabby Snacks, but my stepmom would put out an array of cheeses. And I remember that ball of cheese with the freaking almond slivers over it. And you know, it was like this deconstructed cheese. It becomes family, it becomes community, it becomes your memories. In the Jewish, in the Jewish religion, we call it Lador Vador, which is generation to generation. Yeah, like your parents, grandparents, everybody, you know, follows these teams and you get so entrenched in them. You know, that when you finally win, it is like, this, it's just a, a huge celebration. So going, coming into this season, the 2022 version of the Eagles, uh, what were the expectations? I mean, I, I have no idea what people were thinking coming in for, as a Philly fan. I, I, for one, I just said, I know we'll have a better team and I think we'll have a legitimate shot. You always have a legitimate shot when you have Dallas in your division because they're the ones, they're America's team, but they disappoint you early, right? Anytime the owner of an organization, in, in my belief, if they're acting as the GM and they're acting as the coach and everything goes for them, you're going to have an issue. The Eagles had the personnel last year. I think they, they I thought they should have and could have beat Tom Brady. Um, that was last year. Yeah, it was last year. They could have beaten him. I thought, again, I, what am I? My Monday morning quarterback, whatever. Um, I thought they had the personnel then to win. They just didn't have the experience in someone like Jalen Hurts. Uh, but he got it. And he got it early. Um, and he found out quickly what it takes to be an NFL player. So when you circle back and you say, this kid is willing to go to a quarterback camp and learn how to throw and learn how to be an actual quarterback and not just a leader, which I've always thought I've had held him in high regard. I mean, the way he handled the national championship game, and, and again, not to bring getting up old wounds, you, you, yeah. you know, getting benched, but nobody was a bigger fan of Tua than Jalen Hurts. I love people like that, man. Like, I just watch your teammates succeed and be happy for them. And he was, and he did the right thing. And at the end of the year, he moved on and guess right back where he was. I root, I root for Jalen Hurts, um, and he did. He he broke George's hearts on multiple occasions, but he never sulked when he got when he got. You know, benched. That's how it would, it would happen with two, yep. and then he went to Oklahoma and turned himself around and was a second round pick, right? Yep. So uh, he came in and and you know Philadelphia's got a pretty pretty long line of good quarterbacks. I mean, just off the top of my head, I think about Donovan McNabb not too long ago, Randall Cunningham in the, in the way back. So like you got some some shoes to fill, and uh, if he doesn't win MVP this year, he'll finish in the top two or three, right? I would think so. Yeah, and he should. And then you think about the other pieces that were added from the defensive side. I, this is what I want to talk about. Let's talk about the defensive side um, was added to the draft. Yeah, as a Georgia guy, you could appreciate it, right? I mean, golly, yeah, through the draft, I mean, to move up to get Jordan Davis, who, I mean, is just a, a, a good dude. I imagine everybody in Philadelphia loves him. Everywhere he goes, he is just a beloved figure. It's just a big smiley face. That's all you see is this, mm -hmm. this it reminds me of like the Cheshire cat. Like there's this big face with a smile on it all the time. Um, his mom was an Eagles fan. Uh, you know, I got to see a lot of that early in the draft and, you know, for her to go to that team. And because of a name that you mentioned, Donovan McNabb, she's always been a fan. Um, so to, for him to go to that and, you know, be able to reward his mom by going to the, the team that she cheered for. I mean, it's got to be nostalgic for him. Um, but yeah, that, that defensive side of the ball, adding not only those guys, but then you get someone like an Indomitian Sue, um, middle of the year, and you add another player in Robert Quinn. I, I mean, their defense, they rotate nine or 10 guys that can sack the quarterback at any time. So I knew they'd be good. I, I'm a realist though. Like there's, you ride in the hot hand. It's not how you start. It's how you finish going into a year. I knew in 2017, uh, Halfway through the year, someone kicked a 60-yard field goal. I think I can't remember if it was Elliott. I think it was Elliott. Someone kicked a 60-yard field goal. I'm like, it was against the Giants. We never win these games. We're, he's going to miss. Made it. I'm like, we're going to the Super this Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> we're going yeah, to the Super this Bowl. This is it. This is it. Well, yeah, with Jordan Davis, with N'Kobe Dean, like I'm rooting for the Eagles. I'm rooting for those guys. Um, Devontae Smith, it's like I want to not like him because he, of course, caught the second and 26 pass from Tua. But how can you not not like him? The dude's always open. He's always catching touchdown passes. I mean, what is is he just like the perfect route runner? Is he just a freak when it comes to finding the open space? That's that's what they say, right? I mean, he just knows where to be, when to be there, and I, you know, he's resilient as all get out. I mean, the dude gets hit. Like he's not like he's not AJ Brown. He's not six foot five or whatever it is, and two hundred and fifty pounds. I'd love to see his 
stature line is probably 5'11". You can even believe that. I mean, he's, he's a tiny dude. But, dude, he plays like he's A.J. Brown, and I love it. I'm here for all of it, and keep giving us those SEC folks. That right? one-two combo is awesome. Now, your coach, whose name I don't know if I can even pronounce, Nick Siriani. 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 Yep. Where, where the hell did he come from? It's a good Philly name. It's actually a funny story. Like, the, you know, the more – they try to build storylines for the Super Bowl, the more that gets disclosed. But he was fired by Andy Reid when Andy Reid got accepted the Chiefs job. Like one or two years in, he was said to be a brilliant mind back then. Um, was let go, moved forward. I think in a, uh, I think it was the Chargers offensive coordinator. You know, held, held some back office jobs and got into the front office. Um, and man, I, a lot of people say he has the most punchable face in the NFL, but he's like. He's very passionate, and he's right for that type of team, which is the same way I felt about Doug Peterson, who I don't think got due justice by being let go. But um, you know, yeah, he kinda, yeah, I was kind of surprised to see what happened to him. But so, so the, the current coach, I'm gonna call him Nick because I mess up his last name. But to me, he is very Philly, right? He looks the part. He, he talks gets fired up. I mean, I, you know, the, the mic caught him last game. Someone's he goes, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, like I, I don't know what it was at the moment, but. Like that's what that's who he is. So good, good for him. Now you said you you, you mentioned going to the Giants game up yep. there, and then the 49ers game was crazy too. I mean, like, so you've had really two just ass kickings yeah. to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that, look, the the defensive has but has been put to the test early on, and then you hear people say, "Oh, if they had insert a name, right, Jimmy Garoppolo, who who could the who could have the 49ers put out there that would." have seen anything Joe different Montana. happen. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> right. But again, when you don't have time to throw the ball, good luck. I mean, seriously, good luck. I, I don't think you could have put any I, – I would have said, I think this should be a double-digit loss game to you live before the game. And I like to think with my head over my heart, and I truly believe that. I actually believe I brought that bottle today. I think the score is going to be reflectant upon that. 33 to 18 game that the Bulldogs had in their first national championship. So you're, you're moving a ahead to my script, man. I got oh, the question yes. at the end is the prediction. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I, I see it playing out in a, in a way like that, right? When you have this type of defense and you have, they're a complete team and they're the most complete team. I'll give the quarterback edge to Mahomes, who's done it consistently for five or six years. He's the guy, he's the new Tom Brady, whatever. He's the next GOAT. Right. So my question was going to be how you feel going in. I, I, you've answered it, which is great. Now, you've, you've thrown Super Bowl parties for as long as I can remember. Yeah. You put on a big old bash. What's the viewing plan when it's your team now? You're not going to be out there in person. So like, Because it, it's a different experience when, you're, when it's your team. So what are you thinking? It is. Uh, look, there's going to be a lot of prep going into it. We're actually catering. You know me. I love to cook, man. It's a, it, I, I like to entertain. My wife likes to entertain. Um, you know, we want everybody there to to say exactly what you said. Like this is just a different kind of party. Like that, you you know, it's it's handmade food. You know, we're we're serving the best whiskey. We're we want all of our friends to enjoy this day because it's fellowship, it's friendship, it's it's a day we get to spend together. You don't get to do that many of them. Let's enjoy it. And when your team's in it, it's more of okay. Well, the TV in the living room will be on. The two TVs in the basement will be on. We may get a third one down there where, you know, kids probably want to be around the adults. So maybe put them in a different room and put them on a stand and let them watch whatever they want to watch. But um, it's much more of a business day because I've lived through this recently. And when the kids run around, it's great fellowship, getting together, fun, all that kind of stuff. But when it's your team playing, like you got to be locked and loaded, right? You, you can't be distracted by the things that come with having a large party. Yeah, I don't imagine this game's gonna be like the last two, right? Last game, the Eagles scored first drive. My mother-in-law was like, oh man, Mike, I, I, did, you, did you say you're gonna make margaritas? And, you know, I, again, shout out to uh, I, I, Bar Taco. I don't know if you know, but they sell their own tequila. And they sell their own tequila with their recipe for their margaritas. And if you've ever had their margaritas, it is the best margarita. So I got the juice press. I got the agave that I mixed with hot water and the triple sec that only they use. And you're, I don't know. You're working. You're working. And so I'm like squeezing limes and I'm watching the game. But I'm listening. Um, yeah, I've got my eight, nine, 19 month old now is running around screaming. I'm like, oh my god! Like, you know what's going to happen? It was seven to seven. I'm like, and then the quarterback goes out. I'm like, okay. My my lie. advice to you is don't do all that crap this weekend. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. do it. Like it's it's you. It's the TV. If people want stuff, they can get the, get it themselves. 
early and <laughs> enjoy right. yourself. That's exactly. And enjoy yourself. Okay, so keys to the game. When when, you, when if you're looking at this and you can be as biased as you want towards the Eagles, I want you to be. But like, what do you think of the matchups? What do you see from the Chiefs? Um, you know, that that are things that people that aren't as familiar with these two teams need to be paying attention to. When I think of it, again. I am such a novice football guy. I never played a snap in high school. Like I, I can only speak to the games that you watch, right? We're given two eyes. I watch the game, I see the game, and then I say, okay, where do they match up here? Where do they match up there? When I look at a game like this and I watch the Chiefs play the Bengals with a team that has the wide receivers and the running back that they do, and the Chiefs did a good job sort of you know, reeling them in, um, but they didn't have an offensive line. Eagles offensive line is the best in the NFL. Like that is that is 100% true. That's not bias, it's just true based on fact. Lane Johnson is still with a torn groin, hasn't given up a sack. That's insane. So Chris Jones, their lineman's gonna have to line up somewhere to try to disrupt, right? Um, their running back who I gotta cheer for, he's from two towns over from where I grew up. Uh, Pacheco, I think is how you say his name. Um, he grew up in Vineland. I grew up in Egg Harbor Township. That's two towns over. My aunt's all live there in violent to today. Um, he was like a seventh round pick too. It's crazy yeah. that he's gotten to where he is. He looks a little Tyreek Hill, same number, same hair, yep. same thing. Yep. yep. Fast. I mean, just a little scat back kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, that falls in line with into the Eagles favor secondary. I don't know much about the chief secondary. I know they're probably at the bottom half. Eagles are probably just slightly ahead of them, um, but they do have good players. I think the matchup to watch is the Kelsey from that side of it, right, is the Kelsey matchup in the middle of the field. Eagles held Kittle, but Kittle didn't have a quarterback. He would have been better off Christian McCaffrey kicking on the ball. <laughs> I mean, I know, let's crazy. be honest. Um, but I think that part of it is, is where the Eagles will have a little bit of a, a struggle. Not a struggle. That'll be the biggest challenge. Um, they played them, what, last year, and they held them in check pretty well. But you know, again, the Mahomes magic is real. It's funny. I was talking to Grand this morning, um, who loves NFL football. He watches TikTok. He watches all this stuff. Like he loves NFL football. And so I said, okay, man, like tell me on each team, like the names. And you, you said both of them. He said, he said on the chiefs, watch Chris Jones, if he can get to the quarterback. Yep. And he said, if Pachinko has got, has a big game, like that's going to be a benefit to the chiefs. And I said, okay, you know, how about for the Eagles and the names? He's Darius Slay. He said he's got to shut down the wide receivers on the yeah, outside. Yeah, um, And then Hassan Reddick, he says, those, those two. So I, the only research I have done, again, prior to me even knowing we are talking to you, was, all right, who's his matchup? And the guy that he's matched up with, I'm, I, I don't know his name. I just know his stat of, I think he ranks 68th of 80th uh, of offensive linemen against the rush. <laughs> And that's a favorable matchup considering this dude is so hot. But go ahead and double him. And then you have three other guys that had double-digit sacks. Like, good luck. And that's before you brought in Robert Quinn and Dominican Sue, who were pretty big disruptors last week. So. It's going to be fun. The other, the other uh, subplot is the Kelsey versus Kelsey. Deal, Love it. Right? I mean, that's awesome. I mean, the, the parents, I'm sure they'll show them a thousand times. Want to be wearing Donna. Eagles. <laughs> they might be wearing the split thing. If you need another a refreshment of the bourbon, I think I might. Um, yeah, yeah, please. Sponsored by you. Sponsored, yeah. We're going to talk bourbon a little bit, too. <laughs> I love um, there's a prop bet, which I'm going to ask you some prop bets in a minute, too, but there's a prop bet about whether both Kelseys can both score a touchdown. Have you seen this one? No. So it's plus 1,500 <laughs> if both Kelsey brothers score touchdowns. So I said, Graham, what's, you know, talking about that, he goes, well, there's no way that Jason Kelsey can score a touchdown as a center. I'm like, well, you're probably right. Maybe there's a fumble recovery. Maybe there's something. Yeah. Uh, but the prop bets are so much fun. So let me ask you a few prop bets. That love I, it. I Let's do it. So the first one, we'll start easy. I know your answer because you already said it, but Eagles are uh, favored by one and a half points. Yeah. So you're taking Eagles. Man, again, it's really, really hard to bet against someone I love. I I love Andy Reid, and I'm dead serious that anybody that says otherwise is an Eagles fan is just silly. Um, I think that matchup is is pretty strong too, right? Like that's that's another one to look at is the coaching matchup. He just he kind of knows his stuff, right? Um, And his lineage is crazy. Um, I do think the I do think the Eagles pull it out. I do think it's double digits um, based off of the defense if they can score early. What's the score? I'm telling you, I think it's the 33 to 18. There might be a garbage ta- garbage time touchdown late, maybe 33 24. 33 24 Eagles. Yes. So I had down before you said that I had 34 24 Eagles. Wow. So, you know, I guess I could on the fly shift, but. 
I have 34-24. You have 33-24. Uh, we are in unison on that one. The okay. most important question on that, what does Graham have it? So Has he disclosed yet? He has not disclosed. He says he needs a few more days. But he's he is, uh, I think, rooting for the Chiefs. It's okay. Um, he loves Mahomes. He likes Mahomes and Josh how Allen. Can you, how can you, you not? Know, he was dying for when that game was going to be played, if it was, in oh, Atlanta. He's like, enough. please, please, please. So I think he's going to go for the Chiefs. That's fair enough. All right. Over under 49 and a half, based on the score you gave me. It's under, right? Well, no, 30, 34 plus 24 would be 58. Oh, I did say 34, 24. Well, my original score, what's that got me at? 33, 18. That's 51. 51. Oh, yeah. So over. <laughs> so either way. All right. So you're taking the Eagles over. All right. Coin toss. Heads or tails? Man, I don't care so long as the Eagles don't win it. Have you seen the history of the coin toss in the last 10 years? No. But I think it's the last nine or 10 years. I, I, you'd have to fact check me. Do you, you have a Jamie or somebody on the side here that I can do it? <laughs> Send something to my ear. Tell me what this is. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think it's, seriously, I think it's nine or 10 years that the winner of the coin toss has lost the Super Bowl. See, and it's You come to Sports and Torch for great facts like that. Where else <laughs> could you learn such a thing? Um, tales, traditionally, has been more really 29 tails 27 heads pretty close okay so uh, it's heads is due heads is due heads on a two-game winning streak mm. so what do you think if they go for three's three, company yeah um three or feet. or is it like they've won two in a row so it's got to revert back to the other one. we got so, we got to go in theme here brother we got to go three pete for your dogs. three oh, we got to go with the three all right feet. we're going heads for the dogs i love it all right National anthem being sung by being sung by Chris Stapleton. Over under how long it takes him to sing it is two minutes and five seconds. Oh, do we have an average? Of I knew you're going to ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to ask me that question. I intentionally did not look that up because right. I can only assume that the the makers of these bets they they know what that's the within average. ten seconds of probably a standard. Yeah. Um, but he likes he's a country guy. I've heard his rendition of Tennessee. Is it Tennessee whiskey? Tennessee whiskey. Cadence is pretty slow, dude. Let's go. Let's go the over. You go on the over. Okay. So you mentioned Tennessee whiskey. I saw him in concert last year. He's great, by the way. Yeah, I bet. He made Tennessee whiskey a twelve-minute song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. It's, he's okay. the Led Zeppelin of um, our generation. <laughs> yes. So I hear you on that. However, I'm taking the other side because he's not a me guy. Yeah. He is a he is a all about his craft. I think he's going to get in. He's going to do the national anthem, the the service that it's that it's deserved. Yep. And he's not going to spread it out to make himself out there long. So I'm going under. So we'll we'll, we'll take the other side of that one. Okay, this is a good one. Will any scoring drive in the game, in game time, take less time than Chris Stapleton singing the national anthem? Yes. So you're, you're seeing big play, uh, a big AJ play. Brown. AJ somewhere. Brown's probably going to have 150 yards. That, that's my take. They may have to throw the ball late. I don't know. But that's, I do think that they're not going to be as reliant on the rush this game. So you see, you see at least a big play being broke somewhere where there's a quick score. Yes. Okay. And that would go along with your, you know, 34, 24 yep. time. There. Okay. I also agree with you. So we're going to take the, we're going to say, yes, there's a scoring drive. Where can we place these bets? <laughs> can we place these? Fan, you're a fan <laughs> guy, right? You're doing that. Uh, I got DraftKings. I don't think they do props. But okay. Halftime performers, Rihanna, mm -hmm. who I like, over under total number songs she sings, 9.5. Holy crap. She's got a lot of hits. 9.5. Stay. Please don't stop the I, I think she should spend a lot of time on Please Don't Stop the Music. <laughs> That's a great track. Um, oh, man, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under, too. You'd have to really cut some short, yeah. short pieces. But they do bounce around a little bit, so I'm going to go under as well. All right, first song that she sings. What does she open up with? Please Don't Stop the Music. Is that what you're going with? I don't know. I, having been to two, I feel like I could be wrong. I had Gaga and I had Timberlake. And I want to say you start, I don't know, maybe they say everybody on your feet four. And so maybe it's a high tempo song, but I feel like start slow and finish fast. So maybe stay like, I don't know. I'm going with umbrella going first. Just got to like it. Umbrella. Under my umbrella. Ella, Ella. Right? You can hey, start. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. You hey, want to get going. Hey. So I'm oh. going with that. All right. What's your favorite halftime performance over the years? Can you think of one? Oh, I mean, last year. Loved it. I, mean, I love it. Come on. We're it's, 45, dude. It's no like, better than Snoop and Dre last I mean, year. come on. I love it. All right, here's a good one. What color or what flavor Gatorade will be used to dump on the winning coach when the game's over? It's got to be lemon or orange. 
It's got to be lemon or orange. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go orange. Two votes here. Oh no no no! I'm I'm saying I think it's one of those two. So I I, the way I do things is I I see it and then I cut it in half. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with orange. So orange, over the years, is the most popular one. Really? Yes. Yes. Orange. Orange has been used the most. Imagine it being red or blue. Like who the hell wants to go home? Who wants red? Blue. Yeah. So orange. Orange would would return your least amount of an investment in terms of the odds you get. But I think that that's that's probably the best one. Okay. Here's a very difficult one. Wait. Where's yours? Orange. Orange. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a little unfair though because I looked it up. So I, you know, I kind of knew that was the most popular one, and I agree with you on the. um, I agree with you on the. You're not going to use red. You're not going to stain. All right. Which brand is going to air the first commercial? Can I say brought to you by Pfizer? Sure. <laughs> sure. No. Uh, I mean, it's got to be one of the beers or Doritos. And again, I have to talk myself into it. Let's go Doritos. M&M's or something from that family, beer, car, or Doritos is going to be the number one. I'll go a car. I'll go, I'll go Ford. That makes to, sense. Just to go. Yeah, someone's something. got an EV that they yeah, want. Yeah, someone's got, someone's running out of a new EV, so I'm going to go that. Okay, is there a commercial over the years that sticks out to you as one of your favorite Super Bowl commercials? I mean, the '95, six, seven arena is the best, right? The Budweiser. I think that's when it. I don't even know how long ago that was. '95. Seems like '95, 2005. It's all the same. I, the Budweiser, like Budweiser, the frogs. Frogs that I thought was great, and then the. What was that, dude? What was the the, oh, yeah. the phone one? Uh, yo, yo, yeah, yeah. that one. Yeah, those cool. ones stick out because they're just so so catchy. The one that always sticks out to me is the Terry Tate office linebacker one. Oh yeah, where that dude just ran around just decking people. So, do you remember what brand that was for? Was it like Old Spice? It was Reebok. Really? Yeah. So great ad, but not great brand recognition. Yeah. Right. So you wouldn't you remember that. Uh, 30-second commercial this year. Do you have any idea what it's going for? Carry the two, divided by six. 15 million. Seven million for 30 seconds. So 15 million for a minute. Okay. Um, I mean, that's just, that's just insane. All right, two more. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine just having that cheddar to burn? Like your web traffic goes up, so maybe you get ad dollars by doing that, which makes sense, but... What? Who no. knows? I mean, they're, you know, these, these people, these marketing budgets, they must think it makes sense. But it's a, that's a lot of cash for 30 seconds, I guess, when you have that many people watching. All right. So when the Super Bowl MVP is given the microphone to give his post-game uh, interview, who will he thank first? Team, family, fans, or God? That's a great question. Um team I, I mean accepting an individual award in tennis and golf is easy but in football it's like your circumstances are provided by so many other people now getting to that platform family great they're probably next but your family didn't get you to the Super Bowl per se this year right they got you to a position to win so I would those two I think are the top two and and, and if you're a big believer obviously god had was instrumental but i just feel I, like, I agree with you that i would hope that team is first i'm going god to thank first yeah, and, and again say, I, let, I a lot of them say you know before we start let me i just want to thank god i want to which that's fine I, i'm going with god okay here's the last one we do these forever but the last one because others i want to get to all right the first touchdown will be scored by a player with a jersey over or above the number over or above 11.5 Ooh. Oh, they did that they did that on purpose. Of course they did it on purpose. Oh, AJ Brown's eleven. Um oh man. Who's our running back? Over. So you think that so Miles It's either Kelsey or Sanders. What number is Miles Sanders? Twenty six. Okay. Um Gainwell is fourteen. Who gets a lot of carries? Boston Scott's thirty five. Gets a lot of carries. The only wild card is does Hertz run it in at number one? Yeah. Um, and what's Mahomes' number? Fifteen. Fifteen. So he'd be over. Uh, I'm going under. Um, I see. We we already mentioned his name. I I see Smith scoring the first touchdown. He's number like six. Yeah, yeah. So you got Hertz at one, Smith at six, Brown at eleven, Pachenko at ten. Yep. Um, so lots of options here. So anyway, that that that's a good one to watch. So <laughs> that's a, um, that one's fun. All these are fun. I will go back and write all these down. So we'll track them. Um, kids out there, gambling is 
you know, can be difficult. You can lose some money. You can get addicted to you it. You must so be 18. Must be 18. Consult so, your parents. So, 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 so please make sure to bet responsibly. That No one here is endorsing doing that. All right. Let's stay with Phillies real quick. Let's stay Philadelphia real quick. You're a Phillies fan, too. Yeah. I hate the Phillies. No offense. Really? Uh, well, I don't hate the Phillies, but I didn't like seeing them beat us last year. And I didn't like the celebrations. I didn't like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you know what I do like? We're in the trust tree here, right? Yeah. Me, you, and whoever's listening. Yeah. I like Bryce Harper. When you watch somebody like that in the biggest spots, not in the divisional series, not in the you know the conference series, but in the World Series, all not just one of the three, all three, all three. shine in the biggest moment, dude. I my wife my wife knows four percent of what any average American probably knows about athletics and sports and baseball, but was like Mike. I can't believe that he just did that in that spot. Like she at that knew. moment at that time. I mean, the amount of pressure on somebody who makes four hundred million dollars a year to do that. We've seen it. Look, uh, we laugh at athletes for getting the amount of money they get, but then you look to the owners and blah blah blah, whatever, right? You look at it and you say, okay, this is his time. Like this is his time to shine. Is he worth the money? Holy crap, dude! Yes. Every time. <laughs> Every time. At least as a Philly. And maybe, they, maybe not before, but uh, all I had to see was this past postseason. It's like, you never need to make an argument against them again. No. I, and, I never and y'all, would. and rightly so, love him. Yeah. I mean, that stadium was just rocking. So I like him. I also like your boy Trey Turner. And seeing him come back to the division is just a killer yep. for the Bryce. Because when he was in the Nationals, I feel like he got four hits Every time we played them, he's stealing bases. Get him to Los Angeles. Don't see him except for the playoffs. Now he's back in our backyard again. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna love Trey Turner. Oh yeah, he's been on my fantasy team. I do a client based fantasy baseball league, which we need to change the kind of uh, the way we do that because it, I don't know if you've ever played fantasy baseball or when the last time you played long it time. is. Holy moly, it's such a long season. Like I don't watch baseball tonight. I don't know all that stuff. He's been on my team. He's been hurt a lot, though. So that's where I, I'm like, I, I get kind of nervous as a Phillies fan because, you know, Bryce Harper's out for... Till All-Star break, right? A, a significant amount of time. Can we make that up? Not if we're playing... Well, I guess with the new scheduling, maybe it's it's a better year for us. We won't play you in the... Uh, we'll play 12, 12 less games. more balanced schedule. Yeah, the balanced schedule. We'll play 12 less games against the Braves and, and the Mets, um, who slaughtered us last year, which is, you know, how we barely got in. Um, so hopefully he carries that burden. Uh, but man, I'm, I'm really interested to see how this year turns out. But last year, Magical. they were the Braves of they the, were the year, Braves before. year before. Yeah. The I Braves. mean, there were two games off of being the Braves the year before who, yes, they won the division. I think, um, you know, whatever the new rules are for the playoffs, but I was, you mentioned if the Eagles lose this weekend, like you'll be okay. I was very at peace when the Braves lost last year. Yeah. It's so hard to go back to back and the Phillies, they were the team that got hot just like the Braves did. I didn't live and die with every pitch. Yeah. It didn't feel like the Braves had it, and I was okay with it, yeah. and, I, and I'm still okay with it. Um, all right, let's transition. We can talk about sports forever. One but. second on that. Okay. With your – what do you tell your kids, right? What do you tell Graham, who's gotten to see two national championships and a Braves championship in his lifetime when it took you – <laughs> I, 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 I tell them all the time how lucky that these kids are and that they can't take it for granted and they need to enjoy this time period because it's the glory days and there's no guarantee it's going to yeah. happen again. You're one team of X. Mm -hmm. And to get them both at the same time is banana land. Yeah. And so I hope that my kids are old enough to really appreciate that. Um, they don't have the scars and, and the scar tissue that, that me and my friends have, which makes us, I think, enjoy it that much more. But they need to just, when you get it, you're not guaranteed another one. So what I, what I love about it for you and for me, right? Like if the Eagles win, I get to say, I chose not to go to the game because I wanted to be with my family, right? Like what's important to me at the moment, right? Like that's most important to me. And for you, it's probably similar. Like you, you get to say, your kids will look back at the pictures of you and your friends at the actual game and say, yeah, my dad was there for that. Yeah. Like that stuff to me at our age is so cool. Uh, it was fun. The New Year's Eve game, um, we made the decision uh, that we we're going to watch it with our, with, our, with our kids. All my friends, kids that came to the house, because we wanted what you just said. And the pictures we have and the celebrations we have from that game versus Ohio State, which was 
not at all a game that we thought we were going to win until the last second. Like yep. that's what they're going to remember. Yep. And to, to your point, like that's really neat to me when the kids can realize how important this is. It's, yeah. it's just a game, but it's super important. It makes a lot of people. Well, I can't remember the phrase you used in the Jewish community. Say it again. Lador Vador. I mean, yeah. that's it, right? That's it. Like that's yeah. what it's about. That's it. Good stuff, man. Well, I want to keep talking about this, but there's so much more things I want to get to, <laughs> including uh, what we're sipping on right now, yeah. which, which is bourbon. Both of us enjoy it. Uh, so we are drinking just a very standard <laughs> bottle of Michter's. Um, we're both enjoying it. You're a you're a you drink it neat. I'm an ice guy. Um, but you are a collector, a connoisseur, you're a bourbon guy. Um, your collection is out of this world. So start wherever you want about how you got into it. You mentioned a book that you came across or an article yeah, yeah. You know, about eight, 10 years ago. So talk a little about your relationship with bourbon and all, all that goes with it. Yeah, I, I think you and I kind of live a similar kind of lifestyle of, you know, the things that are important to us and the things that are important to me are fellowship and friendships and family, you know, all the, all the F's. Uh, I found back in 2014 when I was getting my serious business chops and kind of spending time with people who were much older and wiser uh, with me, like to sip on cocktails and it could have been scotch, it could have been bourbon, it could have been tequila, it could be anything, but they sipped on it as opposed to the rage style of talking about our first cruise earlier, right? Uh, as a callback, um, you know, they're not doing Red Bull and vodka and whatever. Car bombs. Yeah, so we're like, we're enjoying um, some cocktails, and I'm like, oh, actually, I'm getting into this. And then I start reading Whiskey Aficionado, and then I, the first article I read is called "The Bourbon That Billionaires Can't Buy," and that's with a B. And so I'm like, billionaires can't buy a bourbon. That makes zero sense. Why is that? And so I read the article, and it's about Pappy Van Winkle, um, and it's again not because they can't afford it. It's because they just can't find it, or can't maybe they don't have the patience. I mean, you know, billionaires have a way different schedule than I do. Um, and so I'm, I'm like, I'm intrigued, and I love networking. I think, you know, my call to life, uh, networking is one letter away from not working. I, I truly believe that well, like when that. you find something that I you love that to like do, um, and you have people in your, you know, in your community that are like, hey, Fonce is a good guy, you should work with him, he's gonna tell you the truth about what he sells, X. Um, so I've been a big b proponent and believer in that. And so I was like, all right, I gotta talk to my bourbon, or to my liquor distributor, or whatever. <laughs> they probably have a fancy name, right? The guy who sells me booze at my liquor store. Um, and he's the bourbon guy in the store, and he's like, uh, hey, yeah, we get that. It comes in at this amount of time, blah, 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 in October, November, December, every year. Um, I was like, okay, cool. Well, what do I need to do to to, to sort of secure a bottle? And he's like, um, spend some money here. <laughs> right, like, right. Make a, name, make a name for yourself here done. in the store. <laughs> done. And at the time, luckily, I have enough friends like you and, and some of our mutual friends that like to drink bourbon. Um, and you know, we were just now getting away from bourbon and Coke and starting to say, you know what, man, like I want to enjoy things in its purest form and enjoy time with my friends. And this is a good way to do it. And so, yeah, I started collecting in 2014 and What's I have the collection look like now. It's sad. My, my it's, a, it's, a, it's awesome. It's, it it's awesome for, for me and people like you, but my wife is like, what do you need another bottle for? And where is it going? I have about 700 bottles. Um, but I, in, in seriousness, it's it's done better for me than the market has in terms of year over year putting money Correct. into yeah amount of investment um, worth worth in relation to uh, depreciation and everything else. Seven hundred bottles. How many of those are open? I'm about five percent open. Five or ten percent. I have probably seventy bottles open. So it's it's a true collection, like watches or art or Correct. insert you know collectible. Um, the, the added bonus though is it displays beautifully. I mean, yeah. talk, talk about like your setup because every time I go to your house, I'm just like, this is amazing. <laughs> so yeah, my um, you know, my wife and I bought our current house a few years back, and we uh, you know, one of the things you, you have honey do lists. She has things that she wants to do. I have things I want to do, and so it's a push pull. And I said the only thing I want to do is finish the basement. I want us to you know have this room be X. Like the, we're gonna have kids. We want them to enjoy themselves. I want you to be able to come down and enjoy your things. Um, but you'll probably spend less time here down down here than I. Um, I'd like to have a, a speakeasy kind of bourbon room. And she's like, tell me more. <laughs> um, she was intrigued. 
Um, and so, yeah, we got this Murphy door that you push out and you go into this room and that's where our, our most significant bottles are, right? I have the whole Pappy collection, the whole Weller collection, the whole Old Fitz collection. So what does that look like? People hear Pappy, people understand like how, what kind of different versions are there? Are they aged differently? Is it, I mean, what is it? Yeah. So the Pappy collection goes from anywhere. Um, and again, a lot of this stuff comes from the same distillery, the Buffalo, uh, Trace now it used to be Stitzer Weller. And before that it was something else. Um, it's the BTAC, which is the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, is substantial, right? So Pappy starts at lot lot B, which is a 10-year, goes up to 12. Then there's a rye that's a 13. That's uh, their only rye. Then there's a 15, a 20, 23. I have two complete sets of both from varying years. Some of this stuff, I think 2014 might have been the last of the old juice. Um, but... It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And she walks down there every time she goes down to get a bottle of wine that's in the room. Check it out a little and bit. And she's like, all right, this room is super cool. What did Pappy do? I mean, the taste is delicious. You've been so kind to let me try some of it. Like, what did Pappy do to get the reputation to, to where it is today? I mean, is it limited production? Is it hard to get? Is it all the above? It's, it's kind of all the above. Um, and I'm, again, your palate is your palate. Nobody can tell you what to like, what not to like, right? So um, to me, Pappy 15 drinks the best. I don't need it aged 23 years. The fact that it has aged 23 years just shows the patience of the product. And I think that type of stuff is important. Um, but for me, I, I you know, it, it's, it's nuanced, right? You get more of the char, you get more of the sugar, you get more of, you, you know, some of the things that, you know, you may not have thought about until you see the the amount of years it took to create such an item. And I, I, you mentioned a book earlier, I read Pappy Land. And again, I'm not, my memory's terrible. I don't know the name, but it was an ESPN sports writer who actually wrote the book called Pappy Land. And it just talks about the experience. And I think he said Pappy Van Winkle or Julian Van Winkle uh, liked drinking his 12 year, I think with a twist of lemon. Whereas today people would say, oh, don't taint it. Don't do don't this. Don't, there, like, yeah. Nobody should tell you how to drink your bourbon. You come to my house, well, if you put ice in 23, I'd probably be pissed if that's how you started. But if you drank it with that, I'd be like, okay, well, yeah. that's what your palate says for you to do. And I appreciate that. And it's what, what I like about bourbon is the same thing with that bottle you have there. It's all about the journey you take with it. Well, that's how I wanted to make sure I brought up because you were so thoughtful and so kind as you always already brought me this bottle of National Championship Rare Rough uh, cash strength. It's got the collar. It says 3318. It's a commemorative bottle of whisk, bourbon whiskey for, for the Dogs National Championship last year. This will sit on my in my office, on my shelf for the rest of my time in practice. Love that. Right? And so it's something that it means so much. It reminds me of you. It reminds me of Georgia winning the National Championship. It, it's just a pretty thing to look at with bourbon. Like it, it's so flexible uh, in terms of these kinds of things, right? Yeah. So when I look at it, I think that maybe when we're 65 years old and we're retired, and hopefully we'll both get to retire before that, we both have kids, so we probably won't. Um, but when you look at that, you say, you know what? Let's do this for a whatever the celebration is. Our kids graduate college. Uh, our, well, by then, they'll be long graduated. Yours will be long graduated college. I think mine will be graduating high school, but who's <laughs> counting? Um, but when you look at it, like it's like, hey, we got to visit this bottle. Or you sell it and you make a mint because there's only whatever, how many bottles are made, right? Like it's, it's, a, it's a single barrel. It's cast strength. That, that will never be duplicated, whether it's good, whether it's bad. You're not going to get another bottle outside of the, what is it, 255 bottles or yep. whatever it is. Yep, yep. Well, I, I appreciate it very much. I'm excited to have it as part of the, part of the collection. So, all right, we're, let's transition to another topic because um, you're not all fun and games. you got a serious side, yeah. too, and you got a huge heart, um, one of the biggest hearts of anybody that I know. And one of the big things you're involved in is the Big Brother program, yeah. which is very important to you, and you've done great things. So talk about how to get how you got involved in that. You know, over the years, what you've learned, the relationships that you've created, and, and and the kids who you've mentored and become big brothers to. Yeah, uh, thank you for asking that. And um, uh, it, it started because I graduated, and you again, yeah, you may or may not know, but I graduated with a degree in education. So I've always had an affinity for children. Uh, your wife knows it more than anybody how bad I've wanted kids um, in my life. And um, you just don't want them with anybody. You want them with the right person and you know, so on and so forth. And luckily, I have my wife 
today, right? Two small kids who we need to make sure we. You said nine, uh, 19, months 19 months and four months. And four months. Yeah. Oof. And they're they're amazing. And they've got a great mother. And we've got a great mother-in-law who helps us raise them and lives with us. It's been awesome. But You're this very well rested, by the way. I have I have a great nanny who lives with us and who's been amazing. Um, and when I need the rest, you know, it's it's supplied. So it, it, it's been all good, man. But, you know, I'm hands-on. I'll, I'll wake up every night if I need oh, to. Of I don't you care. Do. I of don't care. But the... But to go back to the Big Brothers Big Sisters, I was at a time in my life where I had just started, I had just gotten grounded in my career. I missed teaching, but I knew I could never go back because of the way, um, the amount of money, right? I got acclimated to a lifestyle. I had, you know, gone out for drinks with my friends. We had 89 Jaeger bombs. If I was a teacher, that'd have been my whole year's salary to do that. Um, And so I was like, you know, what else can I do to fulfill the need to help mentor children. And then I looked back into my life and how I grew up and how we grew, I'd say almost middle class. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I couldn't, I don't know if we could say poor, but it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew where my next meal was coming from. So we weren't exactly poor, but it was, it was pretty strong. Um, and so I was like, I want to help kids who need help. And so I met some folks at big brothers, big sisters, and they were, um, they walked us through the program, what it meant, and the fact that, you know, I, I barely knew if I was going to, I didn't know if I was going to go to college. I knew I'd graduate high school, but I took standard classes. I took whatever I could to make sure I was eligible for baseball and that I would just graduate high school. So I was like a C plus student, didn't care. Um, but then I got to college and I saw in the first two years, like, I can't be like these folks, like for the most part. They didn't want to go to school. They just wanted to play in the in MLB. And then I got to Barry and I'm like, man, these are very foundationally strong men and I want to be more like them. And so I want these kids from this program to be more like, not me, but more like the men they can be. And most of those kids grow up with fatherless homes and um, I wanted to make sure that I could make my mark. And so yeah, I've had the same little brother since he was five. He's now, he'll be 20 in April. Um, I've also, I took on his older brother who you know, the, the commitment to Big Brothers Big Sisters is only two years. But when you meet a child who's five and you know what they need and it's not being provided, uh, and not because he has an awesome mom, an awesome grandma, he has this great family support, but he doesn't have a real male role model helping him out. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, you start at five, it's not a 15 year commitment. No. But you have taken on a 15 year commitment. Oh, yeah, he was Y'all here. have been all over the place. He watched the Eagles game with me last weekend. Um, with our family and he held the babies and he's so excited for us and he helps me find my Jordans when I need them. <laughs> like he's, right. like, he's just, he's, 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 he's a little, family member, man. Yeah, and it's, you know, I've been to Thanksgiving. Now, yeah. Big dude. Big, he's three inches taller than me. He's no longer my little brother, right? But he embraces the fact that he can influence my children to know that there's a circular world, that it's not just mom and dad and it's community based and it's, it's community of all sorts, right? We all come from different walks and I think that's the most important part that I've learned from this. I mean, you know, I, Josh, if I let you read the letter he wrote, he wrote to help me win quote unquote big brother of the year a few years back after I lost my mom, like, right. dude, like I, I can't say enough for a kid like that. Like I, I, I didn't teach him that. That's something he always had in him. Maybe I helped bring it out, maybe, but that's who he is. Yeah, I, th- I think that you need to take a little more credit for getting him in that kind of spot, right? I mean, you got to have a lot of pride in what you've been able to give back to this one kid in particular, right? Because you don't know th- these kids, they don't have a father figure, or not saying him, but just anybody. Like, they can go in bad directions. And so you got to feel a lot of pride when you see him doing good things and making good decisions and knowing that you had a huge role in that. I do. He's got a great work ethic. Uh, they both do. Uh, so, you know, like I said, I took his older brother on because the family that had him, going back to the commitment, they they didn't even meet the two-year requirement. And they were like, hey, sorry, they had a kid and they couldn't do it anymore. And so I was like, Jalen, how do you feel about me? This is a us decision, me taking on Pierre and him coming with us and um, you know, having kind of us us three do things together. <laughs> now they were at they were in the teenage years, man, and they were they'll both tell you, like, we were we were hard on each other, they were tough to get along with. Um but so we broke it out and then I would just get each one every other week or every third week and do other things. But they're uh, they're both very, very smart, uh, entrepreneurial, um, both currently in school, trying to figure out if college is the complete path. 
but Jalen just told me this past weekend that he's he wants to go back and finish his degree. Um, you know, I think he wants to go to Morris Brown and, and finish off. So um, he's got aspirations to be a producer, and it's just fun awesome. to watch. Awesome, 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 awesome. And he'll be rooting for the Eagles this weekend, right? Uh, well, kind of. He, oh, come on. <laughs> he said yeah, he said yes, but I think it's more because he can tie back to the the Bulldogs and some of those. Like he he likes that. He was a big Oregon fan, but now he's. He's like, a lot of my friends are Georgia fans, so I've kind of moved over. Yeah, good stuff. All right, last topic, your current work. I don't want to look over that because you've done great in your, in your space. So in the last few minutes, talk about the work you're doing, what's important to you with work, how you go about that kind of stuff. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I've, I've, it's funny, right? It's a small world. We have a mutual friend, mutual client, um, you know, client turned really, really good friend. Um, you know, for my business, I, I run the Southeast for a, uh, a software development company. I've been doing that for six years and I've seen it grow from a $25 million company to a $200 million company that's been acquired by a global company that's over $150 million. Um, so it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch and be a part of. I'm just now getting to a part to where I have to make that decision whether I'm going to be a leader or if I want to be an individual contributor. And I know that there's attributes that fall to the leadership side, but man, money when you're an individual contributor is really tough to sort of step away from and say, hey, I don't want to put all my eggs in the basket of relying on other people. I know how hard I work. Are other people willing to do that? And so, you know, it's, it's kind of, I won't say it's similar to what you've done because being an entrepreneur is something way different. I mean, taking a risk like you've taken to, to be, be on your own um, is, a, is way different, but it's, it's, I, I parallel it to say like the risk I'm taking is saying, okay, I'm betting on 10 other people. What you're doing, betting on yourself, falls more in line, I think, long-term. But I think for now, I think, uh, I think I'm in the right space. Um, I like what my company, the company that bought us, I think um, that acquired my company is, I think they have the, I, had, I think they have the right kind of agenda. It's just putting it all to paper because they've acquired 10 companies over the last two right, years. Right. And you're like, how does this all meld together? And I don't yeah. know if you've ever been through that kind of M&A, but like, holy moly. No, I'm, I'm so naive to all the corporate stuff and mergers and, and all that kind of stuff. But what you said earlier that, that I will take away from this, as will people that are listening, I'm sure, is networking is one letter away from not working. Yeah. Meaning that networking and building relationships is the most important part of making sure you continue to work. Is that, is that right? Yeah, that's a, it's a great summation. I, I, again, I, cause you know, the networking side is easy, but not asking for favors, but being there and being present and saying, Hey, if this type of thing comes up, think of me, I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just asking you, um, you know, and I think it all goes twofold. If somebody, um, you know, were personally injured or something, I have one call to make first call. It's you because you're part of my family, right? And I think that you keep it in the family because you're well within my network. And I think that's important because you want to be around people you trust. And that's what I try to instill in my little brothers. It's what I want to instill in my daughters is create a circle that you can trust no matter what, right? You look at, and again, I'll go into a longer answer because I think of the NFL. The mic is yours, man. <laughs> and you think about this stuff, right? You think about some of the players that get kind of awry and maybe they're just trying to bring people in that maybe didn't have their best interest, the, the, the individual's best interest at hand. In your network, when you're starting to filter and you say, okay, well, this person does this, they do it well, I wanna make sure I elevate them to be the most successful at X, security, right? I have a friend who was a cop, he's a good dude. If I ever hit it big, he's the first call. Like, dude, you're my security lead, right? Yeah. If I need a lawyer, hey man, you're the first call. Right. Like, I'm gonna go down the list. I need a tech person, I got a guy. He's my first call. It's, you just know your people. And that's what I think we should all start to think about is how do we create this sense of community that's tight-knit, that we can help each other, and that's it. Amen, and root for people, don't root against people. I hate when is it like, someone's doing well, be happy for them. Always. Don't wanna knock them down a pedestal. Always. Like, that's, that's what drives me the most crazy, is that you want, or you should want all your friends, People in your community to do well, that brings everybody up. What is it? A, a rising tide carries all boats? Is carries that what they all say? Boats. That's right. Well, you didn't allow me to do this, but I'm going to offer up anybody that's listening that needs some positive energy in their life to yeah. call you. Please. Because, yeah. because you, you, you are smiling 24-7. You've got great thoughts. You've got great outlook. 
people need to hear it sometimes. I agree. Right? And so I'm going to offer up your services to anybody that wants to reach out and text you and meet for a you know, nice bourbon because people people enjoy that, just like I have over the last 20-plus years. So thank you for your friendship. Thanks for coming here today. Go Eagles, man. Yeah, I'm thanks re- for the invite. I'm, re- I'm rooting hard for them. Go Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Fly, Eagles, fly. I've got the text message ready. Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> uh, any any last parting words you want to you wanna say about the Super Bowl or about anything we talked about or anything you want to lead the audience with? No, I think it's just more of just enjoy the time, right? It's uh, it, The Eagles are one of, is it 30 or 32? 32. <laughs> 32 teams in the Super Bowl, just enjoy the time you have, whether it's your team. I mean, college football's even a little bit harder. Just enjoy the time. Spend your time focused on positive things. That's that's just my thought. The same way your summation was fantastic. Just spend your time cheering for your team and for your people. And when I say your team, it's a conglomerate, right? Cheer for your team. Cheer for everybody within your circle. Cheer for them. Amen. Love it, buddy. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Fly, Eagles, fly. I'm going to go back and write down all these prop bets. We're going to hold ourselves accountable yes. come Monday. Uh, no dollars being put out there unless no. we want to. But, yeah, so just for fun. I'm so. not betting you. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, thank you all for listening. Uh, go check out old episodes. Check out old episodes at sportstorts.com. Find us at Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that kind of stuff. And until next time, as always, keep chopping.